the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888 That's P.O. Box 18888 San Antonio, Texas 78218 Hi, I'm Eric Galindo Training Director for the FSI Training School For individuals and businesses we offer certification courses in CPR and First Aid through the American Heart Association and also the Vehicle Safety Inspector course for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Courses are available every week for your convenience. Call me, Eric, at 210-314-2615. That's 210-314-2615. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Some people ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers, and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Another edition of the Bible Live broadcast as we take a look tonight at uh, the books of Mark and Joshua. We've just kind of uh, rotated, as you know, uh, in our we reading program here that we follow uh, on the program. We read, uh, um, we start with some books from the New Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Then we go to Matthew uh, uh, numbers in Deuteronomy, then now the Gospel of Mark, and then we go back to Joshua. So we alternate back and forth between the books of the Old Testament and the New Testament. And um, we find ourselves tonight, we're going to read chapters 8 or study, talk about, discuss, as we, if, if you've uh, followed the readings, Mark chapters 8 through 16. And then we'll go and start the book of Joshua, chapters 1 through 5, in a very, very exciting chapter in the history of uh, the people of Israel as they've been brought out of Egypt. Uh, they have received the Ten Commandments at the base of Mount Sinai. God has done his nation-building best with them to form them and teach them to be a free people. They've wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, and now 
uh, camped at the east side of the uh, Jordan River. They are ready to cross over under the leadership now of uh, a new leader named Joshua. Moses has died, uh, has gone on to his reward, and they've uh, had a 30-day time of mourning, and they were ready to cross over the River Jordan. I guess we'll get right on into uh, the Battle of Jericho, and there's about a 25- to 30-year period of, of war, of, of actual, uh, I think it was about seven, eight years of active war, and then it settles into a kind of a uh, <clears throat> uh, an occupation type time. Each of the tribes trying to occupy uh, their the part of the uh, Canaan, the uh, the promised land that has been uh, relegated or delegated to them uh, through Moses. <clears throat> so that's oh, excuse me, <clears throat> that's where we are in our Bible readings. And uh, wish you a very good evening, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate so many of your prayers and. Uh, Lots of phone calls about folks worried a little bit about my health, and I have had a little bit of a challenge this past month, but the Lord's good and faithful and uh, has brought us through, and I'm excited to be back on the air with you uh, again this evening. From the Scriptures, uh, Jacob wanted to begin our evening talking a little bit about uh, last week. We spent a pretty good amount of time talking about, I think in particular, from the point of view of the Hebrew scriptures, from the point of view of the Christian gospels and the scriptures that we read, kind of looking at uh, the the role, the reality of of Islam in our world today, and the fact that in the first place that I mean it's so huge, it's so influential, and it's on the march. Uh, the the Muslim world is rising and growing and expanding, and yet there's there's a great deal of, um, would you call it chaos? Uh, there's a great deal of confusion. Well, that's the goal. In, in the, uh, well, I'm talking about in the Muslim world as well. There are people who believe one thing, others who believe it. Almost like as many, de- not as many denominations as Protestantism, I assume, but or Christianity. What is it? Over 2,000 uh, denominations in the Christian uh, world. But but there are, they are not a monolithic uh, group in a sense. Uh, but anyway, uh, you had some thoughts that you wanted to continue with today, and I, I thought maybe we should start with those. I just want to take just a couple moments and finish what we started last week because I didn't get a chance, and I think it's very important. Actually, what's happened, can you hear me okay? Uh, I need his microphone turned up a little bit, John, if you don't mind helping me with that. But go ahead, John. I don't mind him helping you with that either. Um, anyway, can you hear me talking? Okay. All right, here's what we got. Last week, how it came up was we were talking about the Song of Moses. Hebrew is called Hazino. But Song of Moses, and it's not only the past, but it is prophecy. And so, therefore, if it's prophecy, things ought to be in it. Do we agree? Yes, we agree. Okay, well, that's how the subject of other religions, especially, i.e., Islam, came up. Because it was in the context of the Song of Moses, which was history the present, and prophecy for the future. That's right. So that's how it came up. Now, here is the catch. Um, I wanted to finish this. The two things I didn't really get to address last week, but I want to give uh, everybody a chance to look this up for themselves. Uh, If everybody still has the paper and pencil or writing utensil that they had that I asked that they get last week, have it ready, because I'm going to tell you something in just a moment. First of all, 
so everybody gets a grasp. You're right, there is a difference between like the two major Islamic religions, Sunni and Shia. Uh, Shia developed from the son-in-laws of Muhammad, the son-in-laws. The Sunni, the Sunnah, comes from the father-in-laws of Muhammad. So that's how to easily remember it. So essentially, it, it was a battle to see who inherited the mantle of leadership. Is that... Yes, we could absolutely put it that way, yeah. Okay. So one is about father-in-laws, one's about son-in-laws, because he had no male heir. So that's what's really going on. Now, so that's an easy way to remember it. Now, here's what happened. Um, when a, in there's the book, the Quran, and then there's something called the Hadith, which is basically the Acts of Moses. I wish. No, it's the Acts of Muhammad. And the Acts of Muhammad kind of explain what a good Muslim should do and how he should interpret the Quran. Okay? Okay, I'll take the nodding. Since no, I'm sorry, we're on radio and I'm nodding yes, at you. Uh, yes. you're nodding? Oh, so I get it. Yes, no, yes. He's nodding. He's nodding, folks. He's nodding. <laughs> uh, anyway, <clears throat> so here's what we got. It's hilarious. The first is, believe it or not, under Islamic ideas, they have their own form of evangelism. Christians, of course, evangelize by the gospel, going to countries, preaching, and uh, sharing the Word of God and Christianity and accepting Jesus. That's evangelism for a Christian. Evangelism for a Muslim is it's exactly opposite. You don't have free will. Ju Judaism, Christianity, is religions of conscience. You have free will. You get to make the decision. It's ex Islam is exactly opposite. The word Islam means submit. A Muslim is a guy that has submitted. Aha. Uh -huh. It's not a matter of persuading. No, you don't have a choice. You submit. That's why they say you, you switch or you die. Okay? Now, Christians and Jews do get an exception. There's a special exception called dimony, which means that they can maintain what they are, but you have to pay a tribute every year of about 20% to the Muslims. And if you want to see how that is written, as I mentioned last week, and you can write this down, anybody in the audience that wants to look it up. It's called the Pact of Omar. You can read it. Now, I'm going to go into the three steps, basic steps, of how Islam conquers a country. Because we know that they, they're supposed to have their own evangelism. <clears throat> Pardon me. But how they do it is actually moving to another country and bringing your religion with you is, in a sense, they, they consider that to be a jihad. So, I, you would call it perhaps uh, evangelism. But... <clears throat> the first step is is uncontrolled immigration. Bo open borders. Come on in. The second step has to do with creating um, culture change, accepting other things. And indeed, part of that is the feminization of men. Now, that leads to total third-step chaos. And once everything's in chaos... And there's a certain attitude that's maybe had an effect on many men because they no longer, the Muslims knew ancient understandings that the men are the ones that fought. So if you can get them to become more feminized, socialized, perhaps people would say, then you don't have somebody to defend the culture. So that's the three steps. And then in the next step, that's when you bring in Sharia law 
And, uh, in other words, in the middle of the chaos, you bring in some exactly. some kind of order. Yes, you bring order, yes. So that's the idea, how it's to take place. Now, I am not analogizing that to America, but it is easy to extrapolate and start looking over our society because one of the aspects of chaos is economic chaos, mm-hmm. money. We're in debt. We're what, trillions in debt. Anyway, and we've certainly had issues with our border. And we've certainly had, and I hate to say this, and if everybody wants to mm-hmm. call up and yell at me, that's fine. But I do tend to yell back sometimes. <laughs> uh, but I will say that, uh, you know, most of the Christian churches are indeed. Well, I will say this to you, uh, are indeed what? Are indeed. Most of them are being ran these days by women, which is okay. But they're turning, may I say, Jesus into some type of very, very metropolitan kind of guy that's rather feminized. All right. Uh, now, now, this, to your defense, and uh, this is not the first I've heard of any of these, actually. There are a number of um, speakers out nowadays. There's a woman named Brigitte. Uh, oh, yes. Something, uh, uh, I believe, grew up uh, in the Muslim world, and she's very, very strong, very clear in her analysis and very says things very much like you're saying and i think more and more uh there is seems to be more and more light being shed on what uh what islam really is and what it really represents i i I wonder jacob i've had a number of contacts with uh, muslim men and women here in san antonio over the years who hear the bible live broadcast who have listened to the scriptures before and a number of them have called and said, I'd like uh, three of them in particular, I'll just be specific, uh, wanted to meet with me. And the three three men uh, that I met, each of them had uh, a very great interest in knowing the God of the scriptures. And each of them had 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 a vision of, of Jesus Christ coming to them in a dream or in a vision and calling to them, calling them to follow him. And uh, and in each case, they did that. Um, okay, and this became, is a little bit that becomes Christian, right? I, yes, they okay. began to follow That's Jesus. Great. That's great. Uh, and and I guess what I'm saying is, uh, I I think this information is great and good and interesting. And frankly, if we have a Muslim man or woman or someone listening tonight who uh, listens to the broadcast, there are a lot of people taking interest in religious broadcasting. Uh, if you'd like to call in and. Yeah. Tell us something, or disagree with Jacob, sure. or whatever he says. I would love. We'd that. love to hear from you I'd and hear it. your your position, because most of us are really uh, quite ignorant in, in in any primary way. We don't. We didn't grow up understanding and knowing this about the Quran, about Muhammad. So we've we've read. Our, we've done our homework. We've read our history. We know certain things, but uh, and and to, some of us have had to experience. To one degree or another, talking, interacting with those of the Muslim faith. But uh, if you'd like to, you can certainly call in. But is that what you were going to talk about? I thought you were going to mention something I am, about. But you're giving me the perfect segue. I told people to go get a pen and a piece of paper because okay. I want them to write this down. I'm going to tell them what to look up and how to defend themselves against the. Uh, the argument of a Muslim. All right. First of all, I want to say. I was giving them time to get the pen. Well, of course you were. <laughs> and, and you've given them even time to get paper and a snack. Yeah. <laughs> a Big Mac. <laughs> but anyway, okay. uh, but the point is, is that remember, Islam means submit. A Muslim is the one that has submitted. And, so, and there is not free will. There's no choice. 
Judaism, Christianity. Well, you do choose to submit, evidently. Well, you can die or, or not. Yes, you right. have that okay. choice. Okay. So that's very gracious of Allah. <laughs> um, so, but the point is, I, I simply do not agree that it's the same God, number one. But this is the important thing. Now, this is where you need your paper and pencil, ladies and gentlemen. Um, write down this. Quran, K-O-R-A-N, and then put a colon or whatever, and write this word, S-U-R-A-H, S-U-R-A-H 3.3. That's like chapter, right? Surah uh, it's sort of like a chapter, yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so, and this is the verse. Now, this is very interesting. A lot of people don't know because I don't hear anybody talking about this. But in the Quran itself, these are the early chapters, because Muhammad did, uh, he had what they called the uh, Mecca chapters, which were much more kind. And then in the Medina chapters, they're much more harsh. So it's actually two different sections when he went to two different cities. But the point is, is if Surah 3.3 basically says this, it says, God gave the Torah and the Gospels. And people usually go, what? That's in the Quran? It is in the Quran. So in my conversation sometimes, and I do want to say, I do agree with you, many, many of the Muslim people, no matter what country they're from, are very kind, generous, very caring, and nice people. I do think the religion is rather aberrant in any religion, any religion, that says you gotta, you've got to submit or we're going to hurt you or kill you or anything, that is wrong. Anyway. I'm looking at that verse uh-huh. here in this particular version. Right, right. Go ahead. In the Sahih International version, it says, uh-huh. it says, uh, uh, Allah has sent down upon you, O Muhammad, the book in truth, confirming what was before it, speaking, uh, and he says, and he revealed the Torah and the gospel. Uh-huh. Now, when you talk to a Muslim, you can say, what about Surah 3.3? It says it. Now, we cannot get around it. Now, in my conversations, whenever I have talked to somebody and they say, well, it's uh, the you know, same God, same whatever, I say, okay, what does Surah, does Surah 3.3 say? That God sent down the Torah and the Gospels? Confirming what was came okay. before the book. Of, uh, exactly. And, and, and they say, came before the Quran. Yes, they can't deny it. It says that. Now, the question is, I always ask next, have you read it? And their answer is usually no. And I say, why? And they say, because it's been corrupted by the Jews and the Christians. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I always say, okay, well, if I accept that, then to determine, is there any other verse in the Quran or the Hadith that in any way says that those have been corrupted? And they have to admit, no, there's not. Then I say, well, if it's been corrupted... Have you ever read the original, whether the Torah or the Gospels? And, of course, the answer is, well, no. And I say, well, then you should read the original. And they say, we can't. It's been corrupted. And I said, well, I I always say, well, I got good news for you. I happen to have a copy of the original. And then (laughs) then they the usual response about that point is, well, you know, our imams, their preachers, would not lie to them. And I say, and they say, am I accusing their preachers of lying? I say, I would not accuse them of that because your religion is not my religion. What, what I think doesn't matter. What you think is what matters. So you need to ask them to show you the original. 
Because if they're going to tell you that it's been corrupted, ask them, show me, so I know what the original said. And so there is nothing in the Quran, nothing in the Hadith, that indicates that it's been changed. And yet the traditional teaching is the Jews and the Christians have changed it. But the truth is, nobody talks about this, that it's in the Quran. And here's the idea. If it's there, then it's from God as much as the Quran. Mm -hmm. And they should be accepting and respecting and not forcing Jews or Christians to convert or die. That's my point. It's Surah 33. And you wanted to finish that thought from last week. I did, because almost nobody I talked to even knows it's in the Quran. All right. Well, then I am glad I let you get that out of your system and expressed. Oh, there's one last thing I did forget, of course. Real quick. Yes. And if you you can remember this, you know, like a sweatshirt with a hoodie on it. Yes. Okay. Well, remember that. It's a huda. 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 Okay. Okay. That is uh, permission to, this is the rule. That if you're outnumbered in a society, go along with the society, but hang on to your Islamic religion until you outnumber, and then you impose Sharia law. Secondly, they have something called taqiyya. If a Muslim would call in, I'd love to discuss taqiyya with them. I don't think they will. But if they would call in, we'll talk about taqiyya. Do you know what taqiyya is? You probably don't. but No, I don't. It's sacred lying. I can lie in the Quran, taqiyya. And say, yes, I agree with you, so I do this, I do that. And it's not because you don't believe it in your heart. So, therefore, it's not really lying. But it's considered sacred lying. Anyway, that's just the Now I'm done. And we're done with why it came up from the end of Deuteronomy and why this stuff is actually kind of addressed in Deuteronomy. But moving on. Let's now, it, on. most of that was came out of, was inspired by your reading of the uh, Song of the Moses. The Song of Moses. There absolutely. toward the end of, of the book of Deuteronomy. Well, we moved on ahead. We went uh, into the Gospel of Mark last week. And this this time we're, we're looking at chapters 8 through 16 and in the first five chapters of the book of Joshua. Uh, I'm eager to get into those. Let me ask you just a few questions from the Psalms and the Proverbs, and then we'll take our bottom of the hour break. And Jacob will come back and we'll ask some questions from the Gospel of Mark and from the book of Joshua. Psalm 41 begins with five wonderful promises to, to people who are kind to people like us. Who are we? Psalm 41 begins with five wonderful promises to everyone who is kind to people like us. Who is us? Who is the we of that verse? Uh, Psalm 41. And then and I wrote Proverbs chapter 1 and most of the rest rest of the books of the Proverbs. Who am I? I wrote Proverbs chapter 1 and most of the rest of the book of the Proverbs. Who am I? That's question number two. And then a final question here. Entering into her house. So this is a quote. Entering into her house leads to death. It is the road to hell. Who is she? Who is the the uh, owner of this house? One more time from uh, the Proverbs chapter 2. <clears throat> Entering her house leads to death. It is the road to hell. Who is she? Proverbs chapters 2 verses 16 through 18. So there's three interesting verses, interesting questions 
from the Psalms 41 and in the first two chapters of Proverbs. Our phone number is 340-9585-340-9585. And I'm wanting to make sure that our time is um, going to... uh, Come up, John. You might want to take a look at this. I'm not sure. Oh, I guess we're on we're on track. Okay, three four zero ninety five eighty five. You want to put out one quick question? We've got about oh, sure, twenty right seconds. I'll left. do it quickly too. Okay. Let's do your number one from Mark. It Jesus healed a man in two phases. From what ailment? Answer eight twenty two to twenty five. Eight twenty two. It, it's the only time Jesus took two tries or two steps. Uh, in the healing of an individual. Yeah, Jesus could have healed him in one if he wanted to, so it must mean something. He healed one man in two phases, two steps. What was the ailment? What was wrong with this man that he needed to be healed? All right, it's found in Mark chapter 8, verses 22 through 25. There's the music for our bottom of the hour break. We'll come back in just a moment. Jekyll will have some more questions from the Gospel of Mark. And we'll be taking your answers and your comments tonight about all things biblical. Don't go away. Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family that's Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. Nature's Factor carpet cleaning expert, Shayla James. What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning processes? Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and pets. Nature's Factor, carpet cleaning for the 21st century, 831-3535. If you're listening to this station, I can tell we have a few things in common. You care about this country, your family, and your faith. My name is Dixie Bishop, owner of Texas Plumbing Diagnostics. We'd like the privilege of serving you when you have a plumbing problem. That's what the diagnostics is all about. With our skilled licensed plumbers and leak detection technology, we can find that hidden leak that's affecting your foundation or turning your yard into a swamp. We at Texas Plumbing Diagnostics are not on commission. Our flat rate pricing will cover it all. And of course, we do it all, from water heaters and softeners to stopped up drains and new gas lines. See why Angie's List has given us the Super Service Award five years in a row. Or read our testimonials at our website, tpdtx.com. Call us at 210-698-9790 for Texas Plumbing Diagnostics. We respond to your emergency. Stat. Texas Plumbing Diagnostics. We respond to your emergency. Stat. 
Join Barry Bass every weekday morning for the KSLR Morning Ministries, including Through the Bible, Renewing Your Mind, Truth for Life, and Focus on the Family. Weekdays from 6 to 10 on AM 630 KSLR and KSLR.com. Hello, friends. This is Michael Youssef with Leading the Way, and you are listening to The Word in South Texas, AM Sophie I can only imagine. Uh, that's exactly right. The scriptures say the mind, the eye has not seen nor his ear heard the wonders, the glories that God has prepared for those who love Him. And what, what eternity, what glory will be like? to live in that realm where we are perfect harmony with our God and perfect uh, loving harmony with him and with the Father, the Son, the Spirit, and in perfect harmony with each other as God's people. Uh, what an environment. What a setting that uh, it, it's uh, uh, something to imagine, to dream about, that we would live in a place where sin has been done away with, as we've been delivered from the very presence of sin, and uh, every impulse is positive and good and righteous and holy. Ah, I can only imagine. That's what the that's what the book is aiming for. That's the end of the book. If you read the book of the Revelation, uh, that's where we end up uh, in in the uh, uh, in a place called heaven, a place with God forever, God's people. That's what we were created for, according to the scriptures. God is calling out a people for himself, all from all around the world, every man, woman, child, different languages, tongues, and different nationalities from every generation. God is calling out a people for himself. Well, let's uh, get into the Gospel of Mark. Uh, In the Gospels, we talk about the redemptive plan of God. In other words, this didn't just happen where God takes the human race. There are a lot of men and women with their own free will and volition. Uh, many uh, don't want God sincerely. They don't want God to be God. They don't want to be necessarily subjected to God. Others, uh, all the different different opinions and different uh, uh, decisions that men and women make uh, for themselves about what they are going to believe and whether they are going to truly seek God and desire God or not. But uh, for those that do, God has created a redemptive plan, a means by which we can be forgiven and cleansed for our rebellion and our sin, our wickedness, our selfishness, and that we can be transformed by the power of his spirit uh, to become uh, to, to, to the very image, the character of God himself in each and one, every one of our lives. It's, a, it's an amazing story, this thing of the gospel, the redemptive plan of God. So we're looking at that now from the gospel of Mark. Mark, I think, if I remember, Jacob, Mark was the earliest of the four synoptic of the of the three synoptic gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke. Wasn't Mark the earliest of the of the three? That's uh, what many scholars it, believe. And it is thought that he wrote from the point of view, uh, the memoirs to some degree of Peter. Uh, his his uh, 
his uh, Hebrew name was John, Roman name was Mark. We discovered that last week. And your first question was, Jesus healed uh, one man in two phases, in two steps. What was the ailment that he was cured from? And uh, maybe we can talk a little bit about the details. Uh, Bob is on the line. Why don't you ask just a couple more questions, and then we'll go take it. Real quickly, I'd like to do another one from Mark. Your number 23, according to tradition, now you wrote this, or somebody at your direction wrote it. According to tradition, what happened to John Mark, the writer of the book of Mark, when Jesus was arrested? The answer is in 14... 50 through 52. All right. I like that. It's an interesting question for me. It is. And I got a funny story for you. Now, which question was that? Tell me again. Uh, 23 years. Okay. I got it. You have another? Well, I'd like, uh, I took a lot of heat this week about so many questions last week, so I'd like to do a question, if I may. From Joshua? Joshua, yes. Okay, yes. And number one is going to be a fascinating question. By the way, what you've got here is 100% correct, but I'm going to add to it, if I may. Okay. Number one in Joshua. Before Moses sent the 12 spies in the Canaan, uh, he had changed Joshua's name from Hosea to Joshua. What does the name Joshua mean? All right. That's it doesn't seem point. like much of a change. It changed one oh, letter. At least in English, it changes one letter, right? Joshua uh, well, to, to Joshua. Well, one consonant. Yeah. Or something like that. Okay. Well, there you go. There we have our questions out there for us. You can give us a call if you'd like, 340-9585. Let's go to our first caller of the evening. His name is Bob. How are you tonight, Bob? I'm doing well. Uh, <laughs> thank you, man. Nice to be here. Uh, I got in late uh, last, uh, towards the end of the last second segment, and and uh, we just went on the break. And but uh, I, I just wanted to reiterate what that man said when he, he introduced your show. Uh, that is that if, if you can send some money to your show, uh, if the listeners out there, I want you to understand this is a, this is a little different kind of show that you have. Uh, the, the man at the start of the show said, you know, this is the Bible Live, and you're contributing to a Bible show that where we go through the quiz hour. But it's different because you have Jacob in there, and you guys are, are, are examining the scriptures from a little bit of a, a Hebrew, Greek, English uh, standpoint, yes. and, uh, and and a uh, sort of a understanding that uh, the, Jew, the Jews and the Christians are our brothers. Now, I'll answer the question on the uh, the name of Yahushua, uh, Joshua, the, the addition was uh, actually the shortened form of uh, the sacred name. It, Hosea means uh, saving or uh, salvation, redeeming, redeeming salvation, and then he, uh, Moshe added the uh, short appellative for the sacred name. So it's, uh, it's, he's saying that uh, Yah saves. Yes. Uh, so there's the, there, there lies the difference. Uh, One is the general concept of salvation, mm-hmm. but Joshua means the Lord is salvation or the Lord's salvation. So it brings yes, the, the and, uh, scriptures into it. Yes, and that, that's why Judah is so important. Judah, Judah, Judah is our brother. I, I've taken calling them the Yahweh people instead of the Jewish people. 
but really, uh, the, the name is inside the name of Judah. I don't know if you know this. It's the name, and then the the, the fourth character is inserted. It's a dalit, which is uh, representative of the door. So uh, Judah actually is the door to the Heavenly Father. And, and uh, it, with this show... You're kind of opening that door that is so closed when you, maybe you listen to, uh, I hate to call names, but maybe John MacArthur or the guy who comes on after your show, and they, they kind of close that door. And, and then like Val Reese, he kind of opens that door, and you kind of open that door. And then uh, there's, a, there's another man, uh, Swindoll, he kind of opens that door uh, to, to, uh, the, to, to the forefathers uh, of our faith. And, and, and links it up, but um, it's very important. And uh, some people would even, and, and uh, like I mentioned, I, I, I joined the uh, Fellowship of International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. And I, sometimes when I have five dollars or seven dollars or ten dollars, I'll just pop it in an envelope and send it. And you can do the same thing to Box Eight One Eight 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 San Antonio, and, and just pop five or ten dollars, and it's in there. Uh, to your uh, to your appeal box, and and you, you, you're making a contribution to opening that door. Bob, you're an amazing I, I, guy. Thank you for doing. <laughs> thank you for doing what sometimes I don't even do myself is put out our our information so that folks can join with us. We have gotten uh, your gifts, uh, very kind, generous, thoughtful gifts. I, and I, we appreciate it. I send almost nothing. I send almost nothing. But I but right now I'm I'm in a, I'm in a widow's mite condition. But, um, but I know it comes anyway, to my heart. I really do. Yeah, hey, and listen, uh, I'd like to uh, confirm something you just said. You're correct that in the name Judah is a way of getting the name yod heh That is correct. By the way, I need to ask you a question because we're getting callers coming into me saying, I can't get any closer. you got to kiss that microphone. I don't, I don't kiss mics. <laughs> I kiss my, uh, Michelle's. Okay. Uh, Thank you anyway, very much, wait, wait, Bob, for calling. I'm asking. Wait, okay, wait. hang on, Bob. Hey, Bob, can you hear I, me? I, I, I need to say something else. But go ahead. Wait, no. I, can you hear me on the radio? I can. Because I'm getting people texting me saying they can't hear me. It's, it's, it's faint, but I can hear it. Well, it shouldn't be faint. We're trying to figure out how to get this um, uh, volume pumped up. Yeah. But anyway, do you want to? Well, I was going to say something. Bob is 100% right. In the name Judah is uh, the name yod heh God's holy name. Uh, however, I do want to say one other thing. Uh, and so In this question, uh, actually what it says, and do, are you there, Bob? Can you hear me? Sure. Okay. Here's what's going on, Bob. Uh, you're right. It is, and in Soapy's question, he says the name uh, that you answered is correct, Joshua. However, in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 44 and 45, technically, it doesn't say Joshua. It says Hosea. Now, why? Why, if Soapy's 100% right, in Numbers uh, 13, Moses added the to Hosea, the first pronounceable syllable of God's name, the Yud. Uh-huh. So that added it to Hosea's name, which made it come out Yehoshua. That's 100% right. But why, in, when right at the end of Deuteronomy, before we enter into the Jew, uh, Joshua, why 
was his name actually mentioned as Hosea rather than what his name changed to, which is Sophie is correct about, from Numbers uh, uh, 13. Oh, so so in the early chapters of Joshua, it reverts to the earlier name? No, no. In Joshua, it does go by Joshua. But I'll tell you to look at Deuteronomy. You know what's fascinating? We just talked about this. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, in a Torah study I was in. Okay, John's going to switch out my microphone. Okay, Deuteronomy chapter what, Jacob? Deuteronomy can, chapter can, what? Can you hear me? I can hear you okay. just fine. Uh, switch it to, um, not switch it to, it'll be uh, 3244. Mm-hmm. No, that's not giving him any higher uh, volume either. 3244. No, I just got another text saying it's saying. So Moses came with Joshua, son of Nun, and recited all the words of, his, of this song to the people. To jo- with Joshua. Okay, now look at your footnote. Uh huh. It doesn't really. They're putting Joshua in there for the English readers. Hebrew he, Hosea. That's a variant right. What name it actually for says is Hosea. That's right, now Hosea. The question mm-hmm. is, the question is why would. It, and you're 100% right. His name is uh, 13. Has been changed. Has been changed. But why would Moses go back and say in front of the people, as he's finishing his song of Moses, the name, his original name, Hosea? I, I find it interesting. Uh, I don't have the answer to that. I, I, I have wondered at times why Joshua, later on, unlike Moses, he says... Uh, he says, "I'm a me and my we're going to serve uh, the Lord, but um, and then what you guys want to do, you do whatever you want to do. We're going to we, me and my house are going to serve the Lord." As Moshe uh, Moses said, uh, "Choose this day who you will serve," uh, and it said, uh, "But he says, choose life." So he gives you a choice, but then he says, "Then he says then he says it's a choice without a choice." But rather. and says, you do whatever you want. So I see a little difference in the two men, but I don't have the answer to your question, sir. Okay, here is the answer. Are you re- Bob, do you happen to have a Bible with you? Uh, I do. Okay. The answer comes from, because remember, in the Bible, these chapters, I can't get any louder, Bob, Sophie. That's, I'm yelling now. Um, the, uh, I'm trying to get louder because there's something going on. Uh, the answer comes from Deuteronomy. Chapter 30, verse 11 through 14. Deuteronomy chapter 40. No, 30. 30. 30. 11 through 14. And Sophie, maybe for the audience's benefit, because I'm having some technical problems. Yeah. Maybe you can read that. Deuteronomy I'll, I'll read it. 30, verses 11. 11 through 14. And listen. I'll, I'll read it from my version. Okay, read it. Listen Bob, read it from your version. For this commandment, which I command you this day, is not too hard for you, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say we should go up to heaven and bring it to us and make to, make us to hear it, that we may do it. Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say who will go over the sea and bring it to us, that we may hear it, and that we may do it. But the word is very near to you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do. Now, Bob, before we go any further, let us agree that I know that there's a very... St- Sophie, I can't get any louder. Um, but uh, the uh, let us agree that 
it says that it's very easy to do. I know that there's a famous scripture in the New Testament that says no man can keep it. Yeah, we got Moses saying it can be kept. That's an interesting position. You agree with me what I'm saying, this uh, dilemma, Bob? Uh, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's not too hard for you. Okay, so look, this is what the answer why Moses uses his name Hosea. See, in the Hebrew, this all comes together. It's not separated by these chapters that have been put in later. So what's going on is he's saying, remember Hosea. He's saying it for all the people, and they knew him by the name Hosea. But when he did what God commanded, he got added to his name the first pronounceable syllable of God's name. So they're saying, you can keep this, and when you do, you're going to see what happens to you just like it happened to Hosea. As you get, you become Yeshua or... That's pretty neat. Right. That, that's pretty neat. If we can just uh, follow, we can just follow the examples that we have from our forefathers, uh, it gives us a chance. So we need to turn our hearts to them. I just wanted to mention, I, I went on the website of Agudasakim, Iowa City, because of the... Uh, the book, The Grammar of God, that uh, Avia Kushner wrote, which I think is one of the most important books uh, that has been written in the, in the last three or four hundred years. And uh, she's, I believe she's been a member there, or is a member there, but they have a, they have a woman rabbi, and, and Harold calls sometimes uh, from uh, Temple Bethel, they have a woman rabbi, uh, who both have been installed like maybe in the last five years, and... Uh, uh, they have a program there at the uh, Sakim, Iowa City, where uh, it's called the Salam Shalom, the Women of Salam Shalom. And every week, they have individual women meeting over lunch, and then they have groups of Muslim and Jewish women meeting over lunch to try to uh, civilize this uh, this discourse or this discord. Uh, that we see in our society. Uh, the website also is uh, kind of uh, being rather critical of Donald Trump to the point of saying uh, we are willing to declare, we Jews are willing to declare ourselves Muslims to stand with, <laughs> to stand against uh, discrimination uh, against Muslims, which they perceive that Donald Trump is, is doing. Uh, I, I, you know, I think it's a little bit of a jaundiced uh, view, but, uh, I, I, but I, I just want to say that some of the Christian uh, people, like John MacArthur, others, uh, they take kind of a jaundiced view of uh, our, uh, the Messiah when he's telling certain of the Jews, uh, he's telling them, "You're of your father, the devil." You don't understand. This is a family. This is like a family, a family argument between brothers. This is not like some kind of a some kind of a hate argument. These are brothers trying to, these are brothers trying to, but, yeah, yeah, okay. But I'm trying to stick to the, what we're talking about. I'm sorry. Okay. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, maybe you don't see the connection, but go ahead. No, if you have a connection, please share. Well, I, I guess what I'm saying is, uh, well, let, let's take, let's stick to the Islam part of it, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I, I, I can show the connection, but it would take too long. But uh, uh, I, uh, I'm just saying I've, I've, I've been very interested in going to Temple Bethel with Herald because I've been so alienated in the, in the Hebrew Roots movement.
from so many people who are they're, they're, they're sort of nonconformist Christians, but they still have this idea that uh, uh, this old Christian idea that the rabbis are, are the synagogue of Satan, and that and and uh, I think it's a jaundiced view of some of those scriptures where uh, Messiah was upbraiding these men, where really it's more like a family discussion, well, maybe well, a little bit, a little bit like. Say, and this is just fine. There's no grief with me at all. But would it be fair to say that, uh, in in the broadest terms, that you are a Christian? Hmm. Uh, I don't consider myself that just because the word, uh, the etymology of the word Christian. They were called Christians at Antioch. I, I understand but that, but not really in a complimentary, not really in a complimentary way. Messiah, but I, right? I do believe, I do I'm believe that uh, Yeshua. I do believe Yeshua is, is is Messiah, and and I go to Baruch Hashem sometimes. Okay, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I just want to make sure that we understand that from your approach, which is just fine, that your uh, your position is, and that's good, that uh, Jesus is the Messiah and he is the, the the expected one, right? Right, exactly. Is that right, Bob? Yes. <laughs> well, no, he, he, no, he, right. he, he, no, he just said preacher. that. you got a card in your pocket that says it's right. Yeah. But I'm talking about Bob. Yeah, I, I didn't hear the question, but... Uh, well. that I, I, yeah, I, I believe he came and, okay. and died, but I believe that like when he healed the man with the deaf man, he put his fingers in, in his ears. Uh-huh. That was that was really an indication that he, he was really the sculptor of man himself uh-huh. back in the ancient times, back as the as the ancient of days, uh-huh. when, when when man was created out of out of uh, red clay. Uh-huh. Okay, and, and that's fine, and I'm not in any way criticizing, not at all. But I just wanted to clarify. Thanks, Bob, for calling in. We're really glad to hear from you. You know, I, to me, this this whole thing, whether it's Islam, whether it's Christianity, whether it's Judaism, or, you know, this, the, I think this is what I was talking about you earlier tonight, about when it gets, when we get into discussing religious systems and religious, th- I, I know it's important. I really do. I know that the truth is important about each one of these areas and each one of these things. And yet, uh, that, that's what I was saying. Is I, I think s- somehow we, uh, we have to remember that, frankly, when 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 we do go to judgment before the God of the Scriptures, at least I think it's it's not going to be an SAT test. There's not going to be a, an IQ test to get it. Who got you? Got to make at least a seventy on a doctrinal exam. God's going to look at our hearts. He's going to see those who truly love Him and desire Him, trust Him, long for Him. Uh, and we're all levels of understanding, all levels. The more we understand of the truth of God's Word, the better. Not, not just because we're better, because we know more, because the more of His truth we know about, the more of God's truth we understand, the more we're able to claim it and live it and experience it and enjoy it, the relationship with God, the more confidence we have, a confident, secure relationship with Him. So that's why it's so important that uh, it's not just who's right and who's wrong, uh, but essentially, sometimes when we when we get to talking about religions and religious systems, you know, the two thousand something de- denominations of Christianity and so on, um, I guess it, it, my own experience, Jacob, is that I, I'm out there, been on college campuses and young people from here and around the world, different countries, and there's so many people who are lost without hope, uh, without an understanding of God, without. Uh, and they they long they want God. There's no they just don't know how do I begin the relationship with Him, and there's so many people like that. Uh, 
that I, I find just sharing the simple message of God's love and what he has done to reconcile man to himself and allow us to come into relationship with and inviting people to trust him and to begin their journey, a relationship with the Lord. Uh, it, it just seems to be much more. I, I don't know about effective. I know there is a place for defending the gospel. I know there's a place for defending the truth and, and you know, uh, what they call apologetics, a defense of the truth and all. But but uh, often I think just a good, clear presentation of the good news is what really people from a lot of different backgrounds, religious or non-religious, are looking for. They're looking for hope, forgiveness, for cleansing, for power to live as they want and desire and and to a confident, secure relationship with God. Um, that, that's kind of remember why we were talking before we came in tonight. And I was kind of saying that I, I kind of want to return a little bit to that uh, tonight if I could do my comments. So yeah, maybe that's please, maybe please. that's what I've done now. Yeah, I've yeah. just kind of spouted off a little bit about that. But we do have some questions uh, um, out there for you to call in and answer. Bob has answered the question about Hosea and Joshua. And uh, Jacob has taken us back to uh, the passages in Numbers and Deuteronomy uh, <clears throat> and talking about the use of the name uh, Hosea, uh, salvation, and Joshua's name being the Lord uh, is salvation. Um, let's see. Uh, according to tradition, a question from the Gospel of Mark, according to a tradition, what happened to John Mark, the writer of the book of Mark, when Jesus was arrested? You remember the story when Jesus was out in the Garden of Gethsemane, the soldiers came to arrest him. There is a, there is a, there's a, I'm not going to say funny, but there's an interesting little side remark that takes place there in the Garden of Gethsemane uh, that many think it has to do with John Mark, that it might have been actually him. So if you know the answer to that question, uh, according to tradition, what happened to John Mark on the night Jesus was arrested there in the Garden of Gethsemane? Uh, And in Jesus healed one man in two phases, two steps. What was the ailment? that he was healed of uh, or from. I don't know how you would say that. My throat is getting a little rawer as we go along. Can we uh, move to the book of Joshua? I want to ask another question. Sure, sure. This is, uh, the question is, I was, it's either the word is either a prostitute or um, a um, a maiden or servant. uh, Innkeeper. Innkeeper. Uh, it, one of the two words there, I was a prostitute or an innkeeper living in Jericho who believed in the God of Israel and helped the Jewish spies escape back to Joshua. What is my name? And if you can give us the answer to the get, that, give us a call, 340-9585, 340-9585. If you know the name of this, uh, it's a female uh, I was either uh, a prostitute or an innkeeper. The word is, I think, used both ways in the scriptures. I was living in the city of Jericho. Uh, I was a believer. And it's a very interesting story how this person evidently became a believer in the God of Israel many years before because she had heard stories uh, 40 years before about how God brought them out of Egypt. So she evidently believed in in, uh, in the God of Israel from those stories as in her childhood. What was her name? If you can give us a call, 340-9585. That's the phone number. 
Don't go away. We'll be back for our final segment from the Bible Live in just a moment. Listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. is the power of God's Word. That's the power of the Scriptures, uplifting, inspiring, and redemptive. We're glad you're along with us tonight for the last segment of the Bible Live. Uh, we put out some questions from the Gospel of Mark tonight. Uh, maybe we could talk a little bit about the Gospel of Mark in a moment, just to little, give it a little bit of background. But right now, let's go and visit with Kevin. He's on the line with us tonight. I don't know if Kevin wants to answer some of our questions or maybe kind of sound off. We've kind of covered a lot of topics tonight, Kevin, as you've listened, uh, but maybe you have a comment about that or want to answer one of the questions. What would you like? Well, uh, before I go anywhere else, it would help us a lot. A lot. I'm a truck driver. Good to if hear you from give the, If you'd give the area code, it'd be easier to call in. Good. 210. You're right. Thank you, Kevin. That helps. Oh. Uh, I can answer all three of them I heard just a little bit ago. Okay. But I don't want to take all your... Oh, that's I, all right. We've we got lots of questions here, but we'd love to have them answered. Uh, uh, which one do you remember best that you wanted to answer? Well, I've got to guess at the one that happened to uh, Mark Luke, the funny one. Oh, yeah. I think that's going to be a guess. Uh-huh. Go for it. Uh, he ended up running away naked. Exactly right. I, I don't know why I find that funny, but when I first read it, somebody they're in the confusion of the night when Jesus is being arrested. The disciples are running here and there trying to escape and get away. Evidently, John Mark, this young boy, uh, someone grabbed his clothes and he left them in the hands of the, the, the guy and ran away naked, naked in the night. Naked, as we say in Texas, right? Uh, and it is said, tradition says that that was John Mark. I don't know where that comes from. Well, uh, I, I've heard, if this helps, I've heard that uh, Mark was also running through the park naked that night. But I wonder where Mark was also what? That he was running through the park that night naked. But uh, I don't know where it comes from. I don't either, but I know that the scholars seem to agree that that's him. Huh. Would you like to hear a comparison story that is funny, very similar to that? Well, I, I've always thought that uh, Moses on the with the burning bush got to be kind of funny. Wow. He's sitting there arguing with God, and God says, okay, throw down your stick, and he does it, and then it becomes a snake, and I got the feeling maybe he was scared of snakes, but the snakes are chasing him around. <laughs> you know, sometimes if you do visualize some of these scenes, uh, they would have a little bit more humor for us, wouldn't they? Uh, that wouldn't surprise me if it... Turns, you know, maybe Moses was a little bit uh, panicked about it. 
okay, let's get another question. You've answered that one correctly. Bing, 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 bing. Uh, our truck driver friend is one for one. Now let's let's go to another. Do you remember the guy that Jesus healed in two phases, Kevin? He was blind the first time he saw men standing like trees. Right. He see, I, I see men as trees walking, and then Jesus touches him again, and he is uh, his blindness is healed. Now Jacob has a very unique take on that particular passage. We we often. When we read it ourselves, just in simple English, it looks like uh, it took Jesus two ch- two times to heal him. That you know, the first time his eyesight got a little better, but then then he got even, then he touched him again, and it was completely healed. But Jacob has a take on it that that's a little more theological. Can you explain it? Well, I can you hear me okay, uh, Kevin? Right now, I can. Yes. Okay. Well. Um, Anyway, it's because of this. I have a hundred percent support of the Christian faith that uh, Jesus could heal somebody in one step if he wanted to. <laughs> so Correct. I take it it's coming from Psalm number one and different Psalms because the old Jewish way of talking about human beings uh, was, and it's a Psalm written by a Jew, obviously, uh-huh. and that. Men, human beings, live in two worlds. They live in the physical world, and what's below the soil line is symbolic of living and also in the spiritual world. So, when he saw men walking as trees, that's actually, I think, an adaptation of Psalm number one. And what that's referring to is, I think, he's saying, first the guy saw that men are, part of them are spiritual. And then he went ahead and closed the gap for the man, and he saw the physical. So they're related. Because, like I say, the Jews' idea was, the ancient Jews is, that men are people, are like trees. They exist in the physical world, above the ground, and in the spiritual world, like the like the roots below the ground. So when the man was saying, I see men as trees walking, it was, in a sense, a profession of his faith in the truth that God, that Jesus was preaching about man's spiritual nature yeah. and need of spiritual redemption and so yeah. on. So it's an interesting it, take. Well, I, I'll go one further then. All right. The Jews were having trouble being convinced that Jesus could heal the soul. Interesting. So this, this would put in the rat. All right. So this would be would this would be one of those a uh, convincing sign that he could do that. Is that the idea? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to me anyway. I don't know. I'm not. No. Good. 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 Kevin. Well, I mean, that's we all read the scriptures and we all try to get the best sense, the clearest sense, the truest sense that we can from them. That's really good. Now let us find one more question. You said there was one more that you knew you had the answer to. How about one of the? Yeah. Other? Right. Which one was it? Oh, I know. You're oh, gonna... Ray. Yeah, her Rahab. Name? Rahab. Rahab, exactly right. Again, this was this woman uh, who was... I, I find her experience so interesting, especially if we just read the, the, the... If we read the story superficially, Kevin, it's like... It, it, it's like, well, there's this woman. She believes in the God of Israel, and she helps the Jewish spies. But remember... She says she believes in the God of Israel because she's heard the stories of how God brought them out of Egypt. Remember, that happened 40 years earlier. 
They've been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. Somehow this woman, uh, either the, the, the news of God's deliverance of the people of Israel out of Egypt had continued and continued and continued, and there was this, this ongoing story that was kept alive, or Rahab had heard it as a child, perhaps, and remembered that story. And it, it just it raises a lot of questions in my mind about, I wonder what her path of faith was. What, what was the path of her belief in the true and living God? And it, did it start when she was a little girl and heard, heard about Egypt, I mean, Israel coming out of Egypt? Or had she heard the story and, and saw the people? I, I'm just so curious about her life. She was uh, obviously a remarkable individual. Can you an- let me give you a question about her, Kevin? Do you know who was Rahab's most famous descendant? Jesus Christ. Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah himself. Isn't that was, remarkable? Uh, she was what the grandmother of Boaz. I or think one more right. you're, you're, ball- you're in the ballpark. Grandmother or great grandmother of Boaz, who married mm-hmm. Ruth that we read about in the Hebrew Scriptures, Ruth, and then uh, they became uh, the grandparents or, you know, the, the uh, descendants of um, ancestors of David, King David, who, you know, established the Davidic lineage and line to Jesus the Messiah. So it's, uh, yes, it is an amazing story how this woman, uh, several women that make their way into the uh, ancestry of Jesus of Nazareth. Thank you, Kevin, for calling. Glad to hear from you out there on the road. You be careful, all right? Yeah. Do I have a few seconds to make a pitch? Sure. Go for it. Okay. A uh, couple of things. One, I'm a truck driver. And uh, there are a lot of truck stop chapels or truck stops that could use some help. Uh Good. Like the chaplain needs someone to show up there, or some some of the chapels don't have anybody to preach at them at all. All right. And sometimes we can get together and we can have just a discussion like what you're having on the radio. Yes. And I, I keep pushing for that, but it seems to go. Well, I found a truck stop today that was, yeah, we can have. You got a room. We'll be glad to have somebody fill up. I went to two different churches that I thought would be interested in. No one's no one available. No one available. Hmm. Okay. Well, let's make that a matter of prayer because there are men and women who love the Lord who are driving trucks, and they, their schedules at times don't allow them to be in our congregations. And that these truck stops, they often have a room or a place where they can gather to pray together, to worship, to encourage one another. And uh, it really helps if there's someone who's willing to go out and open the scriptures and fellowship with them. So, uh, Kevin, you've got it. We're, we're going to add that to our prayer request for you. And you you men, keep the faith out there. We're proud of you. We really Thank are. You. Thank you for what you do. Have you have a great, good night. Have good, a good listening night. to you. You be careful out there on the roads, too, Kevin. Good to hear from you tonight. I've, I've had some wonderful conversations with uh, some strong Christian believers over the years, Jacob, out there on the highways. That's uh, what good was, to hear from it you. sounds like a very interesting idea. What, what was he actually asking about, getting perhaps somebody out to these truck stops? Yeah, at, at some of the major truck stops, there will be a room or a chapel. Sometimes they've set up a, like a boxcar or, or, uh, or a truck uh, uh, 
You're going to have trouble there. getting Jews in a boxcar. <laughs> I won't go there. But anyway, they, they have a little place to gather to pray. And, and, and uh, at times there'll be someone who really has a vision and a, and a, and a heart to uh, encourage these men and women who drive the trucks and deliver the goods across our country. And they can, I've, I've seen some that have had nice little fellowships of believers regularly coming through on their routes and, and they meet together to worship. So uh, it, it, it is a very unusual, it, it's very unique gathering, but it is very, very encouraging to see. I, I, I hope that God will raise up some men and women who are willing, mainly it just takes a willing heart and someone who cares about people and ability to be there for them and encourage them, don't have to be probably a you know seminary graduates or anything like that just someone who loves the lord and is willing to open the scriptures and and encourage people as and pray with people as they you walk know sophie the this is one reason i think you ought to get your app on there so people can listen to the bible as they're driving trucks oh, we're working on it jacob we're working on it for sure now we have another caller let me see uh, oh yeah renee 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 is on the line let's go and visit Ren- and renee. anybody else is holding hang on we'll try to get to you. hey um renee hi Sophie Dollar, do you remember me? I used to call you a lot in 2012. And Jacob, remember? You remember? I'm so glad to do that trial. Hey, tell that trucker that I work at the Valero in Burning. I live in Bandera. My husband's in Bandera, but I work at the Valero 1060. You're doing better. In Burning. And we give give truckers. No, I'm still going through a trial. The longer and harder the trial God puts you through, the more he'll use you for his honor, glory, and praise. I found that out, Um, Jacob. I found that out. And you're Jewish. I love you so much. And you believe in Jesus. You know, Jacob. It never dawned on me that the Jewish people didn't believe in Jesus. I always used to say, when I was young, I used to pray and say, Thank you, Father, that um, your people please. But it never dawned on me that they don't. I'm so sorry. But anyways, um, we give truckers free coffee. And I will at 1060 and Bernie. Hey, you know what, Jacob, what happened? I worked, I, I got a job at, um, Valero in, um, 2015. And, um, I really liked it a lot. And then I thought, you know, I'm in debt and, and my trial is still going on. These marshals and police and sheriff and bandera, they won't do nothing to help me. But, you know, I don't have anybody. I got Jesus, but I don't have no children. You know what I'm saying? And Sophie Dollar, those things you said, me, they stole them out of my car, those children. You know what I'm saying? If you have, if you married, and Eric and I weren't married, that was just their father. He was just my fiance. He left everything to me. The day I left that courtroom, man, and he left everything to me, those children. I took them to Denmark in 2005. In 2005, he came, we came home to the to the room we were staying at. Do you want to know what me and my mother were doing? What were you and my, your mother doing? Renee, I have my brother and me. She's got over $2 million. He's leaving it to us. I'm leaving it to you. And then the day I left Jacob, that courtroom in 2012, everything goes to Renee. Those children got mad. They're still, they're still persecuting me. You know, Jacob, I paid $187,000 for my house. If you came to my house today, the damage to my house, I couldn't get 120, man. I couldn't get 120. Mm. Satan never prevails, man. He never prevails. Don't they get it? I want them all to be saved. I forgive them all. You know, God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. John 3.16 is the most important scripture in this world. And I forgive him. I just want them all to be saved. 
Renee, I am so glad to hear from you. And, and I do remember, I remember you're going through some very difficult trials and difficulties. And and uh, uh, I was hoping maybe, it, I remember praying together several times. I hope that, uh, that things had settled. But just, you know, some I don't know any other thing, but we just have to continue to try to seek the Lord, try to love people, try to do the right thing, obey God's will. And and I am glad that, you know, you're, you're working. Hopefully there's some stability there in your life. And uh, hopefully there's a, a chance to also to meet with some believers in a, a good, healthy congregation there somewhere near that you can worship the Lord and find people who can fellowship and encourage you in your walk with him. And, and remember, truck drivers, that there's free coffee at the Valero there uh, on on that uh, the highway that that that, um, that Renee mentions. So maybe that's a, a little bit of a connection between Kevin and Renee. At least they're both trying to help meet the needs a little bit of of men and women on the on the uh, road and driving the big the big rigs. You can give us a call if you'd like three four zero ninety five eighty five is our phone number. We're talking about the Gospel of Mark. We're talking about uh, Jesus going about and the Gospel of Mark is the earliest of the Gospels written. It is essentially written from the point of view of Peter. M- John Mark does a lot of his uh, scribal work for him, evidently, as the uh, general tradition, and <clears throat> it is used as a um, as a source of material in some of the other Gospels, in Matthew and in in uh, Luke as well. <clears throat> it is sourced. But not, but not you know, copied. Each of the other gospels have their own perspectives as well. But there are some wonderful stories. And in, in the general theme of the Gospel of Mark is Jesus as a servant. Uh, the Book of Matthew presents Jesus as king and his claim to to the messianic role as, as part of the house of Israel. And Mark is about Jesus as servant. Uh, Luke is Jesus the man. It emphasizes his humanity. Uh, written by uh, the only Greek, the only non-Jewish uh, person author in the New Testament, was a Greek physician, a doctor named Luke, and he wrote uh, the third gospel, uh, emphasizing the humanity of Jesus. And then, of course, the Gospel of John is the most, uh, I would say, in a sense, the most theological, the more theological of the books, uh, presenting uh, the idea of Jesus as Son of God, uh, the, this how explaining in some ways the mystery of the incarnation, how God himself took on flesh and why he took on flesh and and how he earned the right to be our representative, our redeemer, uh, our savior. So uh, those are the the little bit of a background on the different gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Again, Mark, we see Jesus going from person to person, from town to town, uh, healing people, lifting up people. Um, uh, let me see. I, I, we've got a number of questions. They've mostly been answered, Jacob. Mm-hmm. Let me answer one. Uh, ask another one out there that you might want to call in, folks, and answer. Um, there is a question. Jesus concluded the parable of the evil farmers. Now, Jesus told these stories quite often, his parables, and this parable of the evil farmers really um, bothered the the leaders, the religious leaders of his time. And Jacob, remember one of our earlier callers tonight was talking about how Jesus spoke to the uh, how Jesus spoke to the um, 
to the leaders, and he spoke maybe disrespectfully. Didn't 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 Bob mention that he called them? You know, said you're like whited sepulchre. What was the word? Uh, it was one of the questions that uh, we asked, and well, he's. The sepulchre is, of course, the tomb. uh, Jesus was talking to them, and he kind of spoke to them disrespectfully and all. But one of the things I know that you've always made me realize, helped me to understand it, uh, in the time of Jesus, when he was walking on the earth, living out his ministry there in in Israel, this was a time of of a lot of corruption, uh, not only in the political realm with the Romans being... uh, uh, holding Israel under their control, under their thumb, but because of the Roman, Roman would sell positions of power and influence in the society, in the culture, that there was a lot of there was a lot of corruption, even in the Jewish uh, world yeah, at that time. Yeah, yeah, and uh, there's a lot of that, as you say, that was true. You know what they could did, that explain some ways well, how Jesus found himself yeah, at odds. Sure, with, sure. But, you know, what the Romans did in Israel, they didn't just isolate the Israel. Every country they conquered, they did the same domination. And at one time, it didn't start that way. But at one time, uh, before the destruction of the temple, the Romans had actually implemented a rule that there were three death penalties for Jews. One was to circumcise your children, two, to have the Torah. So you couldn't have the Torah and three to have a Jewish calendar. So that's how they, and they did, as you rightly said, they, Herod and the Romans would sell the offices, like Caiaphas is not from the tribe <coughs> of Levi. How did he get to be the chief priest? He bought it, because they'd do that, and part of their job was to collect money, pocket a little bit, a little vicarage, they call it, and they'd pay some to Rome, and much of that money would go to Herod, Herod would take his cut, and many times towards the end, it was going to actually support the Temple of Jupiter, a Roman god. Oh, my man. Well, see, that, that's the idea that I, I wanted to mention in, line of, in light of Bob's comments. But even in that context, there were men and women. There, were, there was a John the Baptist you know, who, who sure. was a, a Levite who stood up for righteousness and went out to the Jordan to calling people to repent and to obey the commands of God and so on. And there were uh, there were others uh, uh, that we read about that were open and 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 very receptive to the message of repentance, the message of redemption that Jesus was sharing, that John was sharing. And and, uh, Nicodemus was one who came in the night and asked questions uh there was uh, who was the, the wealthy man who buried uh, the body of Jesus and so it was really it truly was a mixed bag wasn't it in the time of Jesus there were there were thousands of Jews who heard Jesus were impressed by Jesus mm-hmm. who responded to his message and saw him and believed that he was indeed the messiah there were thousands of others who didn't they had questions they didn't know and then there were the leaders as well there was a lot of mixed uh rea- response and reaction and I guess that's what fed into what we see in the New Testament. There's, there's most of the early believers, of course, were Jewish, were Jewish people themselves, men and women, uh, that we read about in well, the Scriptures. I don't think there's any dispute that the Jews wanted the Messiah more than anybody at that time. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and there, it, but it was always split between, uh, in other words, it's never been wholly and entirely everyone. Uh, not everyone acknowledged him as Messiah and Savior, and some did, some didn't. And the same thing happens in the Gentile word, pe- world. People hear the message of, of Jesus. They hear about the prophecies that, 
of, of this Messiah, uh, the Savior. They, they read about his life, his character that we see in the, in the Gospels. Uh, they read about his resurrection and understand the, the information or at least the, the evidence that is presented there. And maybe even they see the, the, the transformed lives of Jesus' followers. All of those are strong evidence in support of who he was, his Messiahship. But uh, people, people make their own decisions. Everyone makes their own decision about, about God, about the place they're going to give God in their life. And, uh, and of course, what, what the gospel message does, it, it, it simply says, you know, if you desire a confident, secure relationship with God, with the, the creator of the universe, here, here is a man who claimed to be the son of God, who came to, make a, to do a redemptive work. And by trusting in, in him and who, what, he, what he has done on our behalf, you can come by faith into that confident, and, secure and relationship always, with God. And we've talked about this, and I've always wondered what would have happened had everybody listened to him or bought what he said. I wondered, yeah. Would he have to have died on the cross? It's a very interesting question. I suspect. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, had um, anybody listened to him, he would have nobody put him on the cross. He does say, except the Romans. Doesn't he say several times? I'm not sure in the Gospel of Mark or not, but he says uh, that he tells, "I've come first and foremost to the people of Israel." To the to his first yeah. approach was to Israel to right. present himself as uh, in the fulfillment of, uh, as the Messiah. Uh, it doesn't rule out everybody else. Uh. Well, it seems like we would I, I still hear, need a savior. I hear from. your music. Yes, that's right. And I'd like to say, remember, always be the kind of person you would like to have for a parent. Good word of advice as we end our program tonight. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. See you next week here on The Bible Live. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The, the Bible, Bible Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn. 
With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.